Hi, I'm Kaylee Moore. And I'm Emma Samasco. Welcome to Freelance Writing Coach, your go-to podcast for building a freelance writing business. In each 20-minute episode, we'll do a deep dive into one area of business with the hope that our insights as successful freelance writers will educate and inspire you. Writing online is a career fast track, but with over 203 million freelance writers worldwide, it's easy to get lost in the pack. So how can you stand out? Peak Freelance gives you the tools to find better clients, raise your rates, and focus on doing work you enjoy. Access a supportive community of like-minded freelancers and experienced writers who make a living writing. All Access members unlock a library of resources, templates, and interviews with content pros like me to grow and scale your business. There's never been a better time to invest in your freelance writing business. So are you ready to take the leap? If so, visit peakfreelance.com membership and use the code FWC10 to get 10% off an all access membership. So one of the questions we got from a listener, a topic that we wanted to address from them this season was about how to juggle the many demands of being alive and how that fits into your freelance writing career and how that fits with your life and all the things that are part of your world outside of work. And so she said, I'll be honest, I find it super hard to find the time to work out, cook nutritious meals, make time for my mental health, etc. It's a constant juggling act and I know I'm probably not paying as much attention to myself as I should, but it also feels like I won't get ahead in my career if I don't put in the hard work now and skip a few months of going to the gym and things like that. Would love to hear from you guys on how you you deal with this and if it's something you've ever struggled with. So, short answer is yes, 100% because there are only so many hours in a day. But I want to kick this over to you first, and you have the added dynamic that I don't have of of being a mom to a, a toddler and figuring out how that fits into your equation as well. So how do you do this? How do you find this balance and how do you manage things? Well, first of all, it's very difficult. And I think that most people struggle with it regardless of where they are in life or their circumstances. So to the person who asked this question, like you're 100% not alone. I think one of the hardest parts of working for yourself in general is the fact that there aren't really clear boundaries between when you're sort of at work and when you're not. You have all of this control over your schedule, but like, how can you use that schedule? Like, how do you design it? It's like with all this choice, like, how can you actually design the life that you want? And I recommend starting, and we can, we're going to put this in the, when we write a blog post about this, there is an exercise called the Wheel of Life Reflection Exercise. It's from a book called Coactive Coaching, but it's basically like a wheel and it has a number of things on it, like career path, finances, health, friends and family, significant other and romance. And it has you go through this exercise and like rate all of these things on a scale of one to 10, 10 being like, I am super satisfied and one being like not satisfied at all. And I think this is a good place to start because it allows you to see where things are really lacking and where there is room for improvement. So I recommend that as like, regardless if you use the wheel of life, like start jotting down, like, am I happy in my physical environment? Am I having enough fun? 
Um, are my finances okay? Is my health and well-being okay? And trying to identify those areas that need improvement and then working from there. So I just want to say, like, I think that's the place to start. And then once you have that, you can start thinking about like, well, how do I I design my life and make time for everything in it? How do you think about this, Kaylee? I wish I thought more about it. I feel like this is something I'm very bad at. So I recently moved into a new house and my thinking was, we're going to move into this new house. I'm going to just totally revamp my daily work routine. I'm going to get up. I'm going to do yoga. I'm going to take time for breakfast. And I'm going to stop just plopping down in the chair in front of my computer like 10 minutes after I roll out of bed. And I have like a 50% success rate right now. It's not going super great just because the pull to the old routine is so strong. So I think that part of it is like really putting some boundaries in place with yourself. And I think journaling too probably helps a lot with this. So you can see how, what practices you're doing, what things you're doing when you feel really good and what are the common themes when you're like not feeling really good? What are the trends and patterns and behaviors that you're doing over and over again? I am personally not a great journaler, but I do go to therapy. And some of the things that come up on a regular basis are like, oh, you're overworking, you're unhappy. Or, oh, you've fallen back into your old routine. And on those bad habits, you're doing that stuff again. Like you need to build better boundaries for yourself. You need to get up. You need to take a shower. You need to actually eat breakfast. Like go outside and take a walk first before you sit down in your chair. Whenever you do that, you seem to feel happier. So make note of your behavior patterns. I feel like that's a good way to spot good and bad trends. Yeah, that reminds me that earlier this year, I was feeling like really down. This was maybe a few months ago and I was in therapy and I was sort of like talking about how down I was. My therapist was like, before we like dive into all of your negative feelings, I just like want to stop you and ask, are you sleeping and are you exercising? And in that moment, I was like, no, because my son had been going through like a really bad bout of sleep. My husband had kept saying like, Emma, we got to deal with this sleep. We got to deal with the sleep. And I was like, it's not that bad. And then with the exercising, like this was when Omicron was really bad. So I kind of stopped going to the gym and had fallen outside of my routine. And I don't think like depression can be solved just by like exercising and, and sleeping, but they can make a world of difference. So I think really starting with some of these real basics, like exercising, like getting out of the house and moving around, like that is super important. They say like 20 minutes a day of like active, getting your heart rate up, like makes a huge difference with endorphins and things like that. And getting like a full night of sleep. I think that we all know this, right? But then figuring out, and I think our, our listener who asked the question was getting at like, well, how practically do you do that? And I want to say that like Kaylee and I struggle with this. We are not experts on habits or happiness or routines, but we are big fans of someone who is, which is Gretchen Rubin, who we read her book when we were on a, a retreat many years ago. But she has a podcast called Happier, and it's all about creating habits and routines. It's, it's kind of geared towards women for the men in the audience, although I'm sure there's equivalent. They talk so much about how to make habits. You know, it's simple things like instead of saying, I'm going to go to the gym more, saying like, I'm going to go to the gym on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And putting that in your schedule. Like I found that for the gym, like it, I actually have blocked out every day from 1130 to one 
as like a workout block because that's the time that makes the most sense for me. There's some tricks like that in there. Yeah. I think the other thing for me too is like, I know there are some behaviors I am absolutely never going to change. Like I, for the past eight years have been consistently horrible at taking time to cook lunch. And so when I had a full-time job, that was one of my big things. I was like, oh, if I worked from home, I could make a beautiful lunch every day. I'd have time to do that. I wouldn't be in a rush. I almost never do that. So for me, I have to make something for lunch the night before. So I have a good lunch to eat, or I have to take time to like leave the house, go into town and go get something to eat. Like feeding myself seems to be the first thing that goes when I get busy. Okay. I want to know. And I think so does the listener because I struggle with this too. Like she asked specifically, or he like, how do you cook nutritious meals? So like, what do you get for lunch? Like, what do you make for the night before? Like, I know it sounds like so easy, but like making lunch the night before sounds like totally like mind blowing and insane to me. Yes. Yeah. So usually I just make sure that I make more than I know we'll eat for dinner. So I have leftovers from dinner. I think things like pastas do especially well. So like a casserole or like spaghetti, masacholi, stuff like that warms up super easy. I'm also a huge fan of burritos. So if I go to the coffee shop in town, they have these breakfast burritos that I love. I will buy like three of them so I can just have them in the fridge for when I need something to grab and go and eat. That's a good trick. Yeah, it's like food. I'll supplement with like some food and veggies. I always have like a veggie tray or some fresh fruit that I can have as a side. So stuff that's like really easy to grab and go has been a game changer for me, which again, so duh, but it's like, but it's hard to actually do it. I have a friend, not a freelancer, but she has little two little kids and she's always like, on Tuesday, we're going to do Taco Tuesday. And on Wednesday, we're going to do Trader Joe's night. And on Thursday, we're going to do this night. And like, I really admire it because I think that she's like trying to figure out how she can do weeknight dinners that reduce the mental load because that's actually what it's all about. It's all about figuring out how you can reduce your decision fatigue and mental load. And it works differently for everyone. Like she wants to have Friday nights be pizza night every night. That would never work for me. Like I'm way too like chaotic for that to work for me. But the principle of like always having things in your fridge, like that, you know, you can eat or like as simple sometimes as having a well-stocked pantry, like knowing you can always make a tuna melt or, or whatever it is, or that you have some go-tos that I guess a tuna melt isn't like the epitome of like nutritious, but, um, but like having some things like that. I think the other thing that I've tried in terms of food, and we can talk more about like gym and life admin and recreation and all that other stuff, but Another thing is like, I've tried a number of meal kits. So I've tried one called Thistle, which is like, that's like salads basically. And so I was getting those for lunch for a while. And then I tried HelloFresh, which is, I think you've done HelloFresh too, right? Which is like making meal kits. I think all of those are great. I find sometimes that like Thistle, which was just a salad was like, that worked pretty well. But HelloFresh, like even the 30 minutes or so that it took to do the meal, like was too much. Like it dirty too many dishes. Like I was like, yeah, but like even for dinner, like I know it sounds like so pathetic, but picking my kid up from daycare at five and then like I'm exhausted by that time of the day. And it's like, it's easier if I have something that's even easier than HelloFresh. Like I find, I mean, I wish I was better at this as I'm talking about this. I'm like, why can't I do some simple meal planning? Like people do this and are good at it, but like I'm not. (laughs) 
It's tough. I mean, there are so many decisions to make that I feel like that's just one of the decisions at the end of the day where your brain is maxed out and you're like, ugh. Yeah. I mean, that's what my friend was getting at when she's like, every Tuesday is going to be Taco Tuesday. Then we always know. And like, that's the thing. I think I can totally see how that would work well, but I don't know how to do it for myself. Like I need help in this area with eating healthy. I know that people who like eat the same things every day, um, like do better with like wellness and weight loss and stuff. So Uh, I don't know, work in progress. Such a hard time though, because I like novelty so much that I'm like, I don't want the predictable food schedule. I want to mix it up, you know? So do I. I have the the same thing. Yeah. I was just going to say like even HelloFresh sort of like didn't have enough novelty. Like there's like only three kinds of meat and they make like recipes out of them all. And I'm like, I just don't want to look at like ground pork anymore. Yeah. I think even beyond the food, for me, a big bad habit that I've really noticed over the years is like, sitting at the desk and refreshing my email when my work is done rather than getting up and going and doing something else. I feel so tied to the like eight to four, nine to four, whatever schedule from my traditional job that I started in that I'm like, well, what do you mean? It's, it's the middle of the day. I can't get up and go exercise. Like an email might come in. They, somebody might need something. And that is such a bad habit. If you have the flexibility to get up and go for a walk or exercise because you've got a free 30 minutes. You're done with your work for the day. Don't feel tied to your desk. Like get up and go do something else. You're not going to gain anything doing maybe some business building activity. It's probably not that critical. Yeah. Well, they say that like the average person can only work like four hours per day of like actually productive work. I've taken that to heart personally. So like The other thing is knowing when you're the most productive and like guarding that time for work. So the listener had asked, like, I feel like I won't get ahead in my career if I don't put in the hard work now and like stop going to the gym. But what I would say to that is like, what you need to figure out is when you're going to be the most productive in the day. So like for me, it's definitely the morning from like eight to noon is hands down my most productive time. So like that is time that nothing else gets scheduled. Like if I try and do meetings in the afternoon when I can because of that, or sometimes I leave the afternoons totally empty. But so I try and like reserve that time as writing time. And that is like when friends want to meet for coffee in the morning, like, nope, can't do it. Like that is my work time. Like I'm really giving myself those hours. It took me years, took me years to really identify like, no, this time needs to be so protected. And then it's like, if it's 2 p.m., and something else comes up, like I can leave my desk because I did the hard work for the day during those really precious hours. So I think that's like other people are more productive in the afternoon or at night. And sometimes we don't have like total control over it. But I think the more we recognize like when we're the most productive and then design our life around that, the better off we'll be. And I think when I have one good habit in the mix of like, okay, I'm going to take time to get up a little earlier than usual and make breakfast then other good habits follow. So like, oh, I'm feeling better because I have more energy because I ate an actual breakfast. I'm going to take my lunch hour break today and like go for a walk with the dog or I'm going to go for a run. So I feel like one good habit, if you can start with that, it's kind of a domino effect and it gets you in that mind frame of like tiny steps towards healthier choice making rather than being like, I'm going to totally revolutionize my whole work-life balance. That's just not realistic. 
Well, I think that's exactly why my therapist had asked me, like, are you getting enough sleep and are you exercising? Because it was like, before we get into all of the other stuff that you're dealing with, like, maybe if we can make some changes there, then we can make some, like, you'll start to feel better so that you can tackle some of this other stuff. And it's like, right after we talked, I was like, okay, I'm going back to the gym this week. And like, I work with a sleep consultant for my son, which sounds like pathetic, but (laughs) parents maybe get it. But I'm like, I need a plan for how to get my son to sleep. So like that literally I hung up the call with my therapist, called the sleep consultant. Also, like maybe you're hearing me say this. You're like, that biatch has a therapist and a sleep consultant and whatever else I have. I have other things too. And that is also like a part of this is that like some things need to be outsourced. Like you cannot do everything. I mean, even when we're talking about HelloFresh or Thistle or going to your coffee shop and getting a burrito, like you cannot do it all. Like we need to dispel that. Like I'm a mom of a young kid. He is in full-time childcare. Like I can't be expected to do what I do and also parent him, never mind the exercising, the eating healthy, the sleeping well, the whatever. So my point of all of that is just like, you got to sort of outsource what you can, if you can afford to and get the support that you need. Right. Because like, The figuring out, it's not that I'm incapable of figuring out how to get my son to sleep again. It's just that like, I need someone to tell me what to do. Like, I don't have it in me to like read the whole book about it and figure out a plan. Like, I would rather just pay someone to tell me exactly what to do because I know it's going to work. I think that's like a fairly privileged position, but I think all of us usually can set aside some parts of what we're doing. And and that may be asking your partner for help if you have one. It may just be like getting a burrito and allowing yourself that and not feeling guilty about not making the meal and saying like, well, I'm going to buy a burrito because like I just only have so much bandwidth because I think we're all struggling. I really feel like the collective we right now is struggling with a fair amount of burnout having gone through the pandemic and everything else. Yeah. I think the other thing too is like, I like what you said about kind of outsourcing things that can go for your business too. Maybe you need a VA or maybe you need a a bookkeeper, an external bookkeeper to like take some of the more tedious things that you don't enjoy off your plate. Those are a couple of things that I did that made a big difference. So just letting go of control a little bit and delegating some of the more monotonous, tedious stuff to somebody else who can handle it. That's a good thing to do. I think the other thing also is just like, it's really easy to make default easy choices. So my husband always says something about like, he heard this somewhere like hard choices, easy life, easy choices, hard life. So it's like, yeah, the default mode is like, you're tired at the end of the day. You want to just crash on the couch and watch TV for like three hours. Think about if you just took 30 minutes and like went for a walk. That is like a low lift, but could make a big difference and could get you in a mindset where like a week from now you feel like, doing something a little bit more strenuous exercise wise. So again, like baby steps toward potentially more difficult and not as fun decision to be made, but with big payoffs. Yeah. I mean, I think you're totally right that it's not about like giving up your Netflix every night because I think we do need to allow ourselves time to unwind, time for recreation, time to do nothing. It's about finding some things that we can do that like give a little bit of a boost without sort of like 
I don't know. Like, I think going for a walk, like we can all say, yeah, I'm going to go for a walk. Like some of that is like, get yourself a Fitbit. And like, you don't, (laughs) my Fitbit goal is a lot less than it used to be. But it's like, if I see that my goal is low, I'm like, oh, I think I'm going to pause and I'm going to go on a walk rather than pause and sit at my kitchen table. Yeah. Yeah. Just like little tiny changes. I think there's also something to be said for like relying on your calendar to help you like block time or like set up reminders. So like one thing that I was thinking about with this is like part of a healthy lifestyle for me is like making sure like my bills are paid or like my ish gets dealt with. Like things like I am not, I'm so bad at some of this stuff for myself. Like my car, I got pulled over. My husband and I got pulled over. Both of our licenses were expired. Our registration was expired by two years and something else. I don't know, like the absolute worst. And like, we actually in a miraculous feat did not get a ticket, but we were chastised. And then when I went to the DMV, finally, I owed them like an arm and a leg and I had to sell my child to get my car (laughs) registered. No, I'm just kidding. But like, it was like a big mistake. And after that, I was like, okay, like you can't just let these things slide. I mean, obviously, like people are listening to this, like, wow, like she's an idiot. And it's like, yeah, but also, well, the thing is also is like my priorities are so like in my business and in other areas of my life, I'm like getting, going to the DMV and getting the car registered. Like I just was like, whatever. Like I sort of had, I don't want to say deliberately because that makes it sound even worse, but I had put it off knowing that whatever the consequences were, I could handle it, which was true. But my whole point is that like, I was like, okay, I really don't want this to happen again. I am going to put the renewal registration in my calendar for it to renew every year. And in it, it's going to have a note on how to do that, what the website is, what the password is, whatever, so that every year on May 3rd or wherever it is, it comes up and it's like, renew the registration for your car. And it gives me all the information of how to do that. And this is sort of like a hack for like other shit. Like I also like, I got the school calendar at the beginning of the school year in September. And I took every day they had off, every vacation, whatever, every like special day, like potluck or whatever. And I put it all in my calendar in one go. So now, like when I look at my calendar, I'm like, oh, the school is closed that day. And I have it like well in advance. I feel like this is like obvious stuff that probably like most people do, but like it is a challenge for me. And it's made a big difference to have like everything, everything go in the calendar. Yeah. I've heard that people even put like time to exercise in their calendar or like if they block their calls, they're like, leave a window in their calendar for when calls can be scheduled. And I'm sure that's what tools like Calendly and all that are for. But yeah, just being really strategic about like making steps that get future you in a better place. That's right. And like, so what I do for those that are listening, like I have a workout block in my day. I also only do meetings on Tuesdays and Thursdays so that Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, like they can be like pure writing days. Like I said, like I try and I don't actually deliberately block out the morning, but I'm conscious of that when I'm like making plans with friends. Like that is just not a time that I'm available. Like if they want to get coffee at three o'clock, that's probably doable, but I'm not going to do the mornings. Yeah. There are like tools that can help with this. I think anyone who like wants to get started should try this wheel of life reflection. I, we will put it in the show notes. I have a version from a coach that I worked with that we'll share that I think is particularly good. Her sort of question for it is like, 
if you have tens all the way around the wheel, that means that it's not a very bumpy life. Like it's very smooth to travel on that wheel. Whereas if your health and well-being is at a one and your fun and recreation is at a 10, like that wheel is going to be really bumpy. Like that is going to be like a hard life to live. So I think that's like a good place to start out with this. And like we, we've said, I don't think we're experts. I highly recommend listening to the Happier Podcast by Gretchen Rubin. There's another um, happiness podcast. And when we say happiness, it sounds like a little bit silly, but they're really trying to like make you think about like how you can have a better balanced life. There's another one called the Happiness Lab with Dr. Lori Santos. And that's a, another great podcast about she explores like what they found scientifically can make people happier and more fulfilled and how they can recent, I'm just looking at some of the things like burnout and how to, vo- to avoid it when guilt is good and when it's not. I think how to be angry better. Like these aren't all sort of balancing and eating nutritious meals, but they can make you think, stop and think a little bit about like, well, what can I do to try and take a little bit more control over my life rather than just like reacting to the things coming my way. Yeah. And I think just to kind of wrap things up here, I think for you and I living in the U S where work is so central to the adult human experience, we are all so hardwired to like put so much in that basket, so much of our self-worth, so much of our time and energy and focus. And so breaking that habit and trying to rewire your brain so that you're not just a human who only thinks about work, all the waking hours that you're spending during the day, that's a tough thing. So making those small and incremental changes is, I feel like, a better recipe for success than looking on Instagram and seeing somebody who appears to have it all together and being like, I'm going to 180, I'm going to be that person, I'm going to flip the switch and, and just do better on every single category across the board. I feel like that's such a, that's a mountain compared to like an anthill. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, like, I think it's not just true with like, oh, I'm going to take a walk. It's also true with like, I'm going to post on LinkedIn like once a week. Right. And like, or I'm going to send a newsletter every two weeks. There's other like business building exercises that you can sort of commit to where it shouldn't be like, I'm going to post on Twitter. I'm going to do Facebook. I'm going to do LinkedIn. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. It's like, I am going to make one choice like I'm going to send out an email newsletter every two weeks or I'm going to post on LinkedIn once a week or whatever it is. And you can sort of work towards that goal because that just, I realize that's more about work rather than the sort of healthy lifestyle. But I do think it is all about making smaller changes because it's just not sustainable to like revolutionize your entire life. Like it's not realistic. And and I think that's what you're getting at. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Freelance Writing Coach Podcast. If you want more tips, tricks, and resources for building your business, visit freelancewritingcoachpodcast.com.